Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds Podcast on WFUV Sports. Welcome to the Nosebleeds Podcast. I'm Michael Calamari. Here with me, Sam Davis and Brian Rabax. We've got a lot of playoff baseball to talk about. One series in the books already. Three more still yet to be decided. Before we get into all of that, I still want to introduce our host, Sam. Thank you for joining us. Brian, thank you for joining us. How are you guys doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I'm, I'm super excited, as you can imagine, being the Red Sox fan that I am. I've had a, had a night to sleep on. You know, we're recording this in the morning here following an incredible series, an incredible game last night. I had a night to sleep on it. Think about all that happened. I'm excited to kind of break it all down, get into all the other series as well. I mean, playoff baseball is absolutely the best. Yeah, no, you said it. I mean, I love watching playoff baseball. I can't get enough of it. And we had a great series wrap up in Boston last night. And then, you know, we still got three more going on and a bunch of Clemson scenarios today. So it can get wild. I'm excited. Yeah, I think the playoffs though, uh, just so far have shown why it's so exciting, especially with fans back compared to 2020. I think people forgot about playoff baseball. Just seeing what Chicago was like the other night. I mean, Fenway has been amazing. It's been so much excitement and we've had so many good games. I want to start in the ALDS, the first series to finish up the battle between the two teams in the AL East, the Red Sox and the Rays. The Red Sox end up winning it in four games. They come back after going down one game when the Rays win game one. They win three straight and they win game four, six, five to beat the Rays in in four games in the ALDS. Sam, you are the Red Sox fan. I'll let you get the first say on this series. What are your just on your thoughts or reactions to what happened in Fenway last night and then the series as a whole? My my reaction now is that playoff baseball is just so unpredictable um, because going into the series, you're thinking it was the first year, I think, for the Rays where there were, at least in the playoff, legit expectations for them to go to the World Series or, or get back there like they did a year ago versus in 2020, you know, nobody really expected them to be anywhere. And then this season, nobody expected them to be as good as they were due to, you know, losing Blake Snell and losing other starting pitching and the, the playoffs just, I mean, the way the Red Sox have done it and won this series, I think is just very unusual, very unique considering that they've had starting pitchers go out and struggle extremely. They've had their ace Chris sale go out and definitely struggle that doesn't normally happen. You don't survive in win series when that happens. Eduardo Rodriguez had a bad start as well. You've seen the bullpen fall apart in a, num- in a number of games. You saw the bullpen fall apart in game four. You saw the bullpen fall apart a little bit in game three as well, letting the Rays back in games. I know the Rays are a good team, but you expect, you expect your bullpen, if you're going to move on in the playoffs, to hold leads late in games. That's just what you expect. It didn't happen multiple times in this series. The Red Sox found a way. I guess you have to give credit to Alex Cora, and you have to give credit to this lineup especially for fighting, for continuing to find their way back into games. It, it, for me, it all points back to game two. I mean, you go down five to two. Chris Sale has a terrible start. 
At that point, you're you're thinking, and I'm thinking realistically, okay, the, the Rays might sweep the Red Sox at this point. And then you see the team start to fight back. They start to find a way, just, you know, solo homer after solo homer. All, all of a sudden, you get a big hit. You take the lead. And then from there, they really didn't look back offensively. They were, they were clicking. They were absolutely on a roll. And it's guys that were struggling just a couple weeks ago heading into October. Xander Bogarts was struggling. And then all of a sudden, come October, he's, he's getting big hits here and there. Devers had a really good year. I'm glad he's showing up come postseason time as well. Kike Hernandez has been unbelievable in the playoffs. I mean, that's nothing new for him. So the lineup has, has really been the difference maker, but that's not normally how it is in postseason baseball. It's a lot of time pitching, and it's a lot of time, you know, a strong bullpen. The defense for the Red Sox has been good. That's another thing to credit them. And they have had some good, you know, starts here and there, or good I, appearances from starters out of the bullpen. For example, you know, Nick Pavetta was huge at, at times in this series as well. Tanner Houck, I know he... He struggled yesterday, but he was huge earlier in the series as well. So I don't know. It just for me, it's it's a unique circumstance, and you don't know what happens in playoff baseball because the Rays were obviously favored. The Rays have more talent. I think the Rays have a better team, maybe not more talent, but the Rays have a better team. That showed all regular season. But come postseason time, I mean, these hitters for the Boston Red Sox just did what they had to do, and I give a ton of credit uh, to that lineup as a whole for just fighting back and be able to win this series. Honestly. A very impressive, and I'm I'm surprised to be honest. Even as a Red Sox fan as I am, I always believe in my team, but I'm still surprised with where they are right now. Yeah, I can't lie. I'm pretty shocked at what happened in these last three games. After Game One, you know, the Red Sox didn't look like they had much of a pulse. They lost five nothing, and you kind of think, oh, here we go. This is exactly what we thought was happening coming into this series. You know, the Rays are kind of just gonna easily take care of business and then it looked like that in game two also with you know that first inning where you know the Sox get two runs and then the Rays immediately just put a five spot on them in the bottom of the first but no they come back in game two and then these last two games at Fenway I mean Fenway was rocking I mean you talk about home field advantage they had it and yeah the last two games the offense has just done really well and they've just really just come up clutch at two two straight walk-off wins and you know, the bullpen hasn't been great, but, you know, a couple guys have stepped up, like Nick Pavetta in extra innings on Sunday or no, Saturday, excuse me. He he really stepped up and, you know, last night was a little close. You got five nothing and you almost blow it. But, you know, the team fought and I got to give him credit. You know, the Rays were the top dogs in the AL and the Red Sox just took care of business. So now now the Red Sox are in the next round and. But you, Sam, you did kind of mention some of the, you know, I guess somewhat concerns you have with this pitching staff. And is it going to hold up for another round? Because as we mentioned, it wasn't exactly great in this series. Like the offense certainly, you know, propelled them to this series win. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of just a matter of is this pitching staff going to hold up in the ALCS? And if you get there in the World Series and, you know, the Astros are still in a great position to, take care of the White Sox. So if that's the team you have to face, I would hold your breath a little bit. But for now, you got to enjoy this one. And I give a lot of credit to Alex Cora. I mean, in this year, in this 2021 season, he's shown why he's such a difference maker for this team and why he's so important to their success. And I mean, managing and playoff baseball, it's really, it's really the big thing. And, you know, a lot of people give Kevin Cash credit for the Rays. I mean, 
we know how heavily analytical the Rays are, but I mean, we know that the Rays style of baseball is much different than the Red Sox. And I feel like the Rays kind of, you know, way of playing baseball kind of got exposed in this series where, you know, I feel like just if you're going to script out games and like, you know, who you're going to go to after this guy comes out and all that, I feel like that's not really a winning formula in the playoffs. We saw that last world series too, with the pulling of Blake Snell. And like when, when, when something goes wrong, I feel like in the playoffs, it's too important and it gets very difficult to adjust. So I think that's something you got to, be concerned with with the Rays obviously they're not going to change their ways they have such a low payroll but I think that's something to look forward to but at least for the Red Sox like it was an impressive win it was a statement I have to say I didn't give them much of a shot to win this series so I have to say I'm impressed and congrats to them yeah I I think there's a a lot of ways you can look at the series and think you know each of you guys made really good points I think one of the biggest things though you know Brian, you touched on it, is the home field advantage the Red Sox had. The Rays don't really have that in Tampa. I mean, as many fans are there are, you know, at that stadium, at Tropicana, it's nothing like Fenway. And, you know, I think that's just a product of, like, the situation the Rays are in with their stadium and the fan base there. Although there is a fan base, it's not nearly as close as the Fenway or the likes of, you know, the Yankees or even Chicago, what we saw there the other night. So I think that hurts the Rays, that – you know, they go on the road Fenway, the series tied up and that, and they really have to steal one in that stadium to get back into Tampa. And even when they go back to Tampa, it's not a home game like Chicago gets or like LA gets or like Boston gets. So I think that's one of the biggest things. I think another thing is JD Martinez coming back into this lineup. You have to mention that 26 runs in the three games he was there. Those are games two, three, and four, the games they win. It's a different lineup when he is there, the protection he provides, he gets on base and the way he can get RBIs, get runs batted in, he's a difference maker in that lineup. Those are two big things that I think really drove this series. And mm-hmm. if you're looking forward, which I really want to take this now, looking forward, the Red Sox either get the Astros <coughs> or the White Sox. We're going to get to that series next. But I just want to look at it in the lens of the Red Sox. This pitching, in my opinion, needs to be a lot better. You know, Eduardo Rodriguez was really good last night, given the situation. They're up five runs. He gave up two over five, but he was pretty good compared to what he had done earlier in the series. Now, a guy like Chris Sale giving up one, uh, five runs and one inning pitched, you know, that's just really unacceptable from a guy you think is your ace. And moving forward against a tough Astros lineup, a White Sox lineup that's pretty good, whichever team you get, the pitching's going to need to step up. And I think Houston's pitching's not great. That's going to be in maybe a football terms, but a shootout, whatever it would be called in a in baseball. But a lot of runs we put up in those games and maybe the Red Sox like that, but Houston's not going to shy away from scoring runs. They've done plenty of run scoring in their series against the White Sox. I think, you know, the pitching needs to step up for Chicago. Um, I mean, excuse me, for the Red Sox, if they go to play Chicago or Houston, that's the biggest thing. I mean, maybe you guys see it differently. I just want to get your term, Sam, I'll start with you. You know, this Red Sox moving forward. What do they need to do, you know, to get into the ALCS and, you know, win that series to move on to the World Series? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, you make a good point. Obviously, you can't have your ace. You can't have your guy, Chris Sale, you know, struggling in the playoffs and expect to, to advance for, for very long. That just doesn't really make much sense. But for me, I mean, 
I know it's like I kind of talked about this with this series as a whole. It was very unique and, and things happen that don't normally happen in playoff baseball. And then you go down the list and you look at some of the plays that happened in those games. You know, of course, the ball going off Renfro into the outfield. I mean, that was a, a weird play, something nobody's ever really seen before. Just a weird thing. Uh, and then you have the Rays kind of making some errors here and there and, and making mistakes, which you don't really see. So I know they're a young team, but you don't think of that with the Rays. You know, normally they play a good brand of baseball and you don't see that happen too often. That happened. And maybe the crowd plays into that a little bit as well. So something on that, just, you know, before jumping into the potential ALCS is I think, you know, the Ray, the Red Sox certainly took advantage of some of the mistakes the Rays made, but I think you need to do that in order to beat teams like the Rays. You need to be in order to beat teams that have won that many regular season games. You need to take advantage of some of those mistakes. And that's what they were able to do there. And maybe take advantage of a little bit of luck here and there to make the, to get those big plays. But for the ALCS, yeah, I mean, the, the, the pitching is definitely a concern. The Astros pitching, if that's the way it lines up, which it looks like it will, the Astros pitching isn't really that great either. I mean, their lineup is, is stacked, so that makes things a little bit more concerning. But, I mean, I'm looking at this Rays lineup when I'm watching that series, and they have a really solid lineup. I mean, Randy Rosarina in the playoffs is just, you know, Mr. October, yes. you know, absolute beast. And then you have, you know, you go all the way down the list. You have even Kevin Kiermeyer in, like, the 8-9 hole. Like, he's still getting big hits for this team at, in that spot in the lineup. So, the Rays have a really solid lineup as well. I don't know if it compares to Houston. I think Houston's lineup is really, really good also. But the Red Sox, I mean, they've faced it before. They've, they've seen it before. So, if I mean, if that offers a little bit of consolation, I guess, maybe. But you, you're right. I mean, in a seven-game series, best of seven, you need Chris Sale to step up. You need Eduardo Rodriguez to be consistent, although he did have a good start uh, later on in the series against the Rays as well. So, that was big. But you need Chris Sale. That's where everything starts. I trust Evaldi. And I, I think I, you know, I like Eduardo Rodriguez going forward. Evaldi's great in the playoffs. But Chris Sales is what starts is is what starts that. I mean, obviously he's going to probably get game one with the, with the rest now. Not exactly sure how it'll line up, but, but it's a little concerning to say the least. It definitely is. The bullpen is also big, uh, almost more concerning for me. I mean, they've I'm never comfortable with a lead with them at times. So not only in the regular season, but also here in the playoffs. So. I think you're right. It's going to be a really high-scoring series if they play the Astros or the White Sox, which is another, I guess, weird thing about the playoffs. Normally, you see a lot of pitcher stools. You're not really seeing that with this Red Sox team, and I don't think you're going to see that in the ALCS either. Yeah, I mean, the Rays scored an average of five runs a game in this series, so you're pretty much asking a lot out of your offense every single night to get you to a win. Now, in this series, they – more than did that in games two, three, and four. But, you know, is it is it really sustainable through the whole postseason? Is your offense really going to carry you this much? I don't know. So the, the talent's certainly there to do it, but the pitching does need to step up. And, yeah, Chris Sale needs to be a lot better than he was in game two. There's no denying that. But, we, I mean, he pitched well in the last couple months of the season. So you got to hope that this is just one funky start that you can kind of just throw to the wayside and just kind of hope but his last start against the nationals wasn't great either yeah he was out he was out early in that one too so the thing is though what's interesting with that is they still trust him you know Cora still absolutely trusts chris Hill. i mean he was warming he was warming in the bullpen to pitch the bottom of the ninth if i mean excuse me pitch the top of the ninth if the red sox scored in the eighth inning just yesterday so that yeah. shows i mean they still trust him despite the fact that he struggled so i, I think you know 
they're, they're going to keep running him out there. So he's got to find a way to figure things out very soon. Yeah, I mean, I mean, with as good as he is, how how could you not trust him? But yeah, he really does need to step up. And you know, Ivaldi's been solid. You know, Eduardo Rodriguez has at least done his job. I don't really know how he's going to hold up against a good lineup like Chicago or Houston, but it really just comes down to Chris Sale. And if Chris Sale can give you, you know, the vintage Chris Sale, I know he's coming off an injury, but if he can at least give you some semblance of that, it puts the Red Sox in a good position. And again, the bullpen, they've really kind of avoided throwing some of their, if you guys like did Barnes, did Barnes get in this series at all? Uh, no, he, he's been basically just pitching in blowouts. I mean, he isn't really, and that's like losing a closer essentially with, (laughs) with how, you know, he was earlier in the year, he was your guy. He was the guy in the first two months of the season, but now he's, he's really not pitching in those spots anymore. So it opens the door to, you know, Garrett Whitlock's been really good. Really good. He pitched last night. He's been great. But outside of that, there's some question marks, you know, Hansel Robles has been tough at times, you know, the bullpen and then even Hauk has given up runs. That's why Cora goes to starters, and that's why he'll continue to do that. I think Pavetta is going to continue to play a role out of that bullpen if he's not starting a game in the series. Yeah, so, I mean, you have Ottavino, who came in in a 5 nothing game in mop-up duty. Garrett, Garrett Richards is an option. So there's a couple of concerns. But, again, if Alex Cora can handle this bullpen, right, I can't really count the Red Sox out in this ALCS. Bullpen, definitely something to keep an eye on the starting pitching as well. This lineup's been great for the Red Sox. They're hitting 328 in the postseason thus far in the ALDS against the Rays. I do want to move things to the other ALDS series. The Astros lead the White Sox 2-1. to one. Game four is today at 2 p.m. in Chicago. White Sox have a chance to tie things up before going back to Houston. Otherwise, the Astros will have a date with the Red Sox. Ryan, I'll start with you. Where do you see this series? It's been a a pretty good series going into it. Astros seem to be on their way to sweep the White Sox, but Chicago comes back the other night. They get the win, and now they have another chance today, again in Chicago, a tough stadium to play in, really loud place for Houston. But, Brian, I just want to get your thoughts on the series thus far, and what do you think the White Sox need to do to tie things up today? Well, coming into this series, um, I kind of used the White Sox as the biggest playoff frauds. I mean, I mean they won their division, but their division is nothing to really speak highly of. And then you look at their record against winning teams, teams above 500. It's not great. And, you know, the first two games of the series, it was looking that way. Houston kind of just really had their way with them. You know, you had the big comeback in game two and then just didn't really put up much of a fight in game one if you're the White Sox. but Game three, they bounce back, and yeah, you talk about home field. That that Chicago crowd, I mean, the White Sox fans, they haven't seen a playoff game at their field since 2008. So, I mean, we're talking a long time. So, they brought the energy, and the White Sox were able to feed off of it. They had 16 hits. That's unbelievable. So, the offense really stepped up. But now today, you're facing Lance McCullers, who really shut you down in game one. and I like Carlos Rodon a lot. You know, he looked really good first couple months of the season. But, yeah, it's going to be tough. And if you put up the same performance against Lance McCullers in game one, you're not going to really fare well. And your chances of taking this to a game five tomorrow night are slim. So it, it just comes down to, you know, you're facing Lance McCullers a second time. Can you capitalize or is he just going to shut you down? That's 
the big thing for me. And, you know, if he, if they can't rise to the occasion again, and especially with the home field, if they can't really get this done, then, I mean, they're just going to prove the people that kind of doubted them right. And the Astros could, I could see the Astros easily taking this one, but it all comes down to the White Sox and how they face McCullers again. Yeah, this, this is an interesting <laughs> series for a couple of reasons. I mean, with the first two games, it, it started out being like probably the least entertaining series at the time for the first two, just because, you know, the Astros dominated in game one. It was kind of like the, the Red Sox race in game one. It was a very just like it was it was six. Not I think six one was the final, but it was it was total domination, basically a shutout. And then going into game two, you know, the Astros lineup, which has been incredible, finds a way, fights back, wins that one as well. The White Sox scored just five runs in two games, which isn't terrible, but for their lineup, I think that's kind of underachieving because they have a really solid lineup as well. And, and we thought this was going to be some high scoring games due to the fact that uh, the White Sox and Astros have, have incredibly deep lineups and are both really talented. So it was a little disappointing at first with the White Sox. Like you said, Brian, you were surprised. I was surprised a little bit with how they're playing, but then game three is huge. You know, being back at home, I think there's a big difference in that. Some crazy plays in that game as well. Grandal running out of the base path and getting hit in the arm, leading to a couple runs. I don't know how you can't review a play like that. That was that was shocking to me. I mean, it, it was clearly, very clearly, he's <clears throat> running out of the base path, but yeah, he was no call there. there. Yeah, yeah, very far out of there. No call, or at least they can't, you know, make that up higher discretion, whatever it may be. But they, what whatever the case is, that you know, they find a way. They score a lot of runs in Game Three, which is huge. And that leads to today. And I like how the Astros decide, you know, with the rain out yesterday, they, they think, okay, we're going to throw Lance McCullers today. We're going to go for the win today, despite the fact that they are on the road. They could say, let's save McCullers for a potential game five back at home. Instead, they jog him out. You know, he's their ace. They're going to jog him out for game four, try and end the series right then and right there, which I respect that because I think that shows a lot of confidence that they have not only in him as a pitcher being on the road, but also in their lineup to kind of produce uh, and find a way to win this one. So I, I, I would still be very surprised if the Astros don't come up on top and don't win this series. It could go to five games just because I think home field advantage, like you said, that crowd in Chicago has been incredible. It'll be a little different maybe for a day game, and I think it'll still be a lot of energy there. So I could see it going five games. But the Astros and their lineup and their talent from top to bottom, you have Carlos Correa is batting like sixth in your lineup at times. Is that's just unbelievable because, you know, he would be probably batting third in a lot of other lineups. So the talent on the Astros, I think, will win out and their lineup will win out. Will it happen in game four or game five? I could see it happening in game five. I think the, the White Sox have a good chance, you know, at home finding a way. Maybe the, maybe the second time they see McCullers will work out well for them. But I think overall the Astros are going to find a way to win this series. Yeah, I think the Houston Astros are definitely the better team here. It seems like they'll win this series. I mean, the story for Chicago is just not getting length out of their starters. Lance Lynn, a guy who's been a Cy Young candidate all year long, you know, just over three innings, five earned runs. Lucas Giolito, one of your aces for, um, for a lot of years. He has not been as good this year, but in the past he's been great. He only gives you just over four innings, four earned runs. And then Dylan Cease, 1.2 innings pitched, three earned runs. I mean, you got to get length out of your starters in the playoffs because, you know, turning it over to constant relievers every inning, not reliable formula to win. You know, it does work out sometimes, but 
you look at the NL, um, NLCS series, which we'll talk about, those are pitching dominant series where stars are getting deep into games. And that's been the difference in those games being so low scoring. If you In the ALCS series, that's not been the case. Guys have been hit out early. You know, starters only going one, two, three innings at most. You know, very rare where you see guys going deep into games, at least in the ALCS series so far. So that's got to change for Chicago. They Carlos Rodon on the game for uh, on the mound for game four tonight, 2.37 ERA this year. He's a difference maker. You need to get at least five, six innings out of him tonight if you want a shot to win. I think that's the key thing for Chicago. If they want to win this game, they need the pitching to be what they thought it was all year. You know, they haven't seen a lineup like Houston a lot considering the division they play in. So I think that's a really interesting, you know, storyline in this one. But the pitching needs to show up if they want to win this one tonight. You know, I want I don't want to make this episode drag on too long, but I do want to give your guys like final thoughts in this series. Sam, I'll go to you first. Who do you think wins tonight? And if they do win, who do you think uh, wins the series? If it's White Sox, then game five, do you still think they win that? Or do you think Houston wins tonight and ends it? Uh, I think just being at home makes a huge difference. Like I said, first of all, Mike, I mean, great point about the, the starting pitching for the White Sox. When you play in a division that you do, I mean, it's no discredit to any of the starters. It's no discredit to the lineup as a whole, but obviously you're going to look a lot better when you're playing against teams that are, you know, maybe sub 500 or floating right around 500, not playoff teams. So that's the criticism with the White Sox. They haven't been performing well against those good teams all season long. And they beat up on the not so good teams in their division. So that that's been their criticism, but they have a chance to prove people wrong. I think they did last, they did two nights ago, excuse me. They can do that tonight as well. I, th- I think they will. I think uh, they find a way to get to McCullers. They, they struggled against him last time. The lineup will adjust. They'll figure things out. It's a good lineup and they'll win this one. But overall in the series, I think, you know, those starters not giving length make will definitely come back to bite them. That's not really sustainable. You know, we talked about the issues with the Red Sox pitching as well. Pitching is key. Pitching is huge, especially when you're looking at the series in the National League. So overall, that's going to come back to bite him. Houston will head back home. They'll win game five. But I think the White Sox find a way to win this one at home here in game four. Yeah, I would be shocked if the Astros don't come away with this series. And I mean, I, I initially saw this one going three, actually. So I was a little surprised with the win on Sun Sunday it's it's Sunday night yeah they won the one went on Sunday night kind of surprised me so um I think Lance McCullers with the way he just shut the White Sox down in game one I just can't really see them rebounding and then you know Rodon's pitching and the White Sox or excuse me the Astros have a lot of really good righty hitters and the lefty matchup I don't know how it's gonna go We'll see. And you mentioned it, Sam, the crowd might not be as crazy as it was on Sunday night because now it's a in Chicago, it's a two o'clock game. So in Chicago time, it's one o'clock on a Tuesday. You know, you can't imagine that there's going to be too many raucous fans there. It could The energy could be high, but it's definitely not the same as Sunday night. So just I think with the way this series was going, I think the Astros are going to rebound and take this one in game four and they're going to set up a date with the Red Sox and the ALCS. Definitely think so. I, I'm agreeing with Sam. He, I think, you know, Chicago wins this one tonight with Rodon on the mound, but I think the Astros will have the last laugh. They'll win game five in Houston. But, you know, this gives Boston a lot of time, you know, to rest up before they have their series in the ALCS. We'll all be watching to see who they play after this game tonight. And if so, a game five 
in Houston. I do want to move on to the NLCS, uh, excuse me, NLDS between the uh, Brewers and Braves. The Braves lead this one 2-1. We have a game four coming up in Atlanta. A lot of storylines in this one, a very low scoring affair between the two teams. Compare it to the ALCS series. The White Sox scored 12 runs last night. Nine runs total in this series between the two teams. Very pitching dominant. We knew this coming into it. The Brewers really have a good pitching staff, but their hitting is not where it needs to be. They are down 2-1. Sam, I want to get your thoughts on this series. NLCS Atlanta leading 2-1, and uh, game four is later today. Sam, what are your thoughts on the series? I mean, this has been pitching dominate, dominated, which you expected from the Brewers' side of things. Obviously, they're big three there between Woodruff, Peralta, and uh, Corbin Burns, of course. But from the side of the Braves, I've been really impressed with their starting pitching. Um, just because of the fact that, I mean, I've, I've been impressed with the Braves overall, considering where they've come from injury-wise. You know, they've lost, they lost Soroka, they lost Acuna, they lost Azuna. So many, <clears throat> not, just important, not just players, but really important players for them. So that is definitely uh, surprising that they find themselves not just you know, I give them credit for sticking around in the division. Obviously, we talked about the NL East all year with the Mets and how it's not a great division, but they found a way to stick around. They got way better at the deadline. You know, you're seeing that firsthand. Jock Peterson with an incredible, you know, series, two homers, two pinch hit homers, a single as well, pinch hitting. You have Jorge, Jorge Soler as well has been important. Adam Duvall, you go down the list. Those additions have been huge for them, not just in the postseason, but starting off at the deadline, for the, for the Braves to get hot and, and, and end up winning that division and putting them in position here to take on a Brewers team who we thought was a much better team. I think going in, that was just, you know, first of all, just with their record, they certainly look like they are on paper. And with those three starters as well, you thought the Braves had very little chance in this, especially when you see the pitching matchups and you see Charlie Morton, who has been good in the playoffs. He's your ace. And then you have Max Fried and you have Ian Anderson, guys that have been inconsistent at times. So you can't expect a whole lot out of them. But they have, they have delivered. They've absolutely delivered. This, this starting pitching has been incredible. They've, they, I'm not sure how much it is the Braves pitching as it is the Brewers offensively. I think the Brewers aren't a great offensive team. So maybe it's a little bit of both. But I've been overall very impressed with the Braves, the way they've played. They've played great defense. Dansby Swanson has played incredible defense for them. You know, Austin Riley as well. <clears throat> their lineup is very deep. Their lineup, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Their lineup has been, you know, I think underrated throughout the season. It's been a very deep lineup, and that's shown itself in getting big hits when they need it. That's what that's all you really need. You know, you're not expecting to go out and put up four or five runs against Corbin Burns or against Peralta or whoever it may be, but you're just asking to go out there and get a big hit or get get that big hit with runners in scoring position. Jock Peterson's done that so far in the series. Their lineup and, and a number of hitters in, those, in that lineup can do that. Freddie Freeman, Austin Riley, Dansby Swanson, all those guys. So, I don't know. <clears throat> this series is completely just, just turned for me. I expected going in, I thought, you know, the Brewers pitching would win out. The Brewers would find a way and maybe lose one game, but overall handle the Braves pretty easily, considering where the Braves came from. But now, I mean, with the Braves with a 2-1 advantage, they're playing in Atlanta now, of course. They kind of did a similar scenario to the Red Sox. They stole one on the road, and then they won the first game at home, and now they have a chance here to win the series. All of a sudden, you know, it's hard to pick against them. Maybe today things will be a little different, but overall, I mean, I've been really impressed with Atlanta. That's my biggest takeaway from this series. 
Yeah, I mean, welcome to Jocktober, right? <laughs> Jock Peterson has just been an animal in this series, you know, especially with the clutch home run yesterday. And then he had a home run in game one that didn't really mean a whole lot, but it kind of propelled them back into that game. So he has been he has been clutch in this series and has been so big for them since they got him at the deadline. But the biggest takeaway for me in this series so far is just how the Brewers' offense has gone silent. And I think we knew coming into this series that the Brewers didn't have a great offense. You know, the pitching is definitely the strength of their team, but they've the offense is really just, I mean, you can't you can't win by getting shut out two games in a row. Like the offense has really kind of, I don't want to say gotten exposed by the Braves pitching staff, but it's really become a glaring concern in these last two games. You know, you can't score run, you can't score runs. So, and then you only score two in game one. So you can't you score two runs in three games, you're not gonna you're not gonna win a lot of games. So this is why I mean this game today is so important because I mean the Brewers were considered heavy favorites in this series and even like strong contenders to go to the World Series with the pitching staff that they have. So they haven't announced any starters for today, which is kind of interesting, but I think the Brewers will find a way to pull this off. I think, I think the Brewers, you know, their pitching staff is too dominant. If they really have to rely on their staff, they will. And you just need the offense to give yourself enough, like just, just more than nothing, pretty much. That's the big thing. You got to just show them something. And like the Brewers can even like, score maybe four runs today on offense I mean they should have no problem making this a fifth game but I've been really impressed with the Braves we, we obviously know they haven't won a lot of didn't win a lot of games in the regular season they're kind of in a weak division they won only 88 games but yeah they've they've been impressive and one win away from the NLCS they're a team to look out for and if they can pull this off I don't think they're a pushover by any means so I've been really impressed with the Braves and if you're the Brewers the offense just needs to get going. Yeah, I think this Brewers lineup has just been really asleep this entire series. That's really been one of the biggest storylines. They get shut out in two straight games. In the playoffs, that really can't happen. You need to be putting runs on the board. Even if your pitcher throws a one-run game, you're not winning that. So I think that's been probably the biggest storyline. You're in Atlanta for game four. That's not a good situation for you. In the best of five series, when the series is tied at 1-1, the team that wins game three wins the series 72% of the time. I think that's a really good stat right there. You know, the Braves win game three when the series is tied 1-1. They take that 2-1 series lead. I think it's going to be too tough of a hill to climb for this Brewers team. I think Atlanta wins this one pretty convincingly. And it's going to set up an interesting matchup in the NLCS. And I kind of want to make that a segue into the other NLDS series between the Dodgers and the Giants. I think this is the one everyone was excited about. 200 uh, win teams going at it from the same division. Dodgers winning the wild card game to get into the divisional series. The Giants have a 2 1 lead in this one. Game four is tonight in Los Angeles. Very low scoring affair between both teams so far. Scherzer looked great the other night, but still loses 1 0. The Longoria homer being the winner for the Giants. Sam, I'll toss it back to you. Where do you see the series going? How many games do you think it goes? Do you think the Giants close it out tonight? Or do you think the Dodgers are able to extend it and maybe win it to go to the NLCS? I, I mean, these two teams are just incredibly even match, evenly matched. I think he saw that all year long. You know, the, the Giants won the division by one game. So you can see how those two teams are, are very close. And 
the games itself, I mean, other than last night, of course, being a, a close game, but the first two games weren't necessarily super close. They, they didn't really seem like they were. The game one was kind of all Giants, although it was just for nothing, but, you know, they controlled all the offense and they really, and Logan Webb really shut things down. Game two, it seemed to be all Dodgers on the other side of things. Obviously, they won kind of blowout nine to two. And then here at game three, it's a one nothing final. So a little bit closer here. But for me, I just I would be shot. I, I would be surprised if this series doesn't go five just with the way that these teams line up. Just I, I know that, you know, it's going to help being in L.A., uh, of course, for game four, which will, you know, set up the Dodgers nicely. They, they lost last night and then the lineup was completely shut out. But you can't expect that for too long with how good the Dodgers lineup is. Overall, for me, I've. For the past couple of months now, I've thought, you know, the Giants are that team. The Giants just seem like almost it's almost a year of destiny for them. I hate to use that word, but it just felt like that all season long with the fact that they were counted out for most of the year to win the division. The Dodgers are the more talented team. The Dodgers are the better team, whatever it may be. The Dodgers will find a way to win the division. That was kind of the conversation for months. The Giants just held on. They continued to play good baseball. They, they won the division. I mean, they won 107 games, unbelievable season for them. And to me, that, that I just don't see that, that stopping. I mean, whether the, the Dodgers go out, I, I think they very well might win game four, especially at home, especially, you know, facing some sort of elimination here. They don't want to see their season go away. They don't want to lose at home. I don't think they will. Di Sclafani on the mound for the Giants as of now, and then for the Dodgers, I believe it's it's TBD at the moment, so we'll see who they end up going with. But that's, I guess, you know, talking about the pitching, that's one of the concerns for the Dodgers, considering, you know, Kershaw's been hurt. The pitching, you know, it's been good in this series. Overall, it's been very good, but it's not, you know, and you have Scherzer at the top, and that certainly helps things a lot, but it's not a very deep rotation, so we'll see who they bring out today. But I do overall think that, the Dodgers find a way to win at home, and then that'll take it to a game five. But the Giants going back to San Francisco, we talked about home field advantage. This is a serious rivalry. I know we, you know, we kind of have an East Coast bias, and we think Red Sox-Yankees at first, and rightfully so, with how good their rivalry has been at times. But Giants-Dodgers is also an incredible rivalry out West. So these, these fans know that. They bring the intensity. I don't know how much intensity brings to, to, to Dodger Stadium. It just seems like not as much as maybe uh, San Francisco and maybe Oracle Park. They bring a lot of intensity there. That provides a real serious home field advantage, I think. So overall, I mean, just an incredibly evenly matched uh, series between two really solid teams. I mean, the lineups, I've been super impressed with, you know, guys in the Giants lineup like Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford. You know, Chris Bryant was a nice addition for them. Longoria as well that have just stepped up and I think maybe provided some of that postseason experience, provided some of that leadership that's helped this Giants team, that'll continue to help this Giants team. We talked about, in the, I talked about in the American League how things have been very unorthodox. Things have been unique. You know, seeing young players get a lot of big time moments for the Rays, for example, or hitting, you know, for the Red Sox, that lineup being the dominant force instead of pitching. That's kind of unusual. In the National League, this series seems a lot more typical of what we see in the postseason. You see veterans coming up, leading teams. That's what you're seeing with the Giants. You're seeing pitching duels. You're seeing low-scoring games. And you're seeing great atmospheres. And that's something that's really exciting with postseason baseball. So overall, I love this series. I love all the excitement it presents. But if I'm going to pick in terms of who wins it, you know, I, I think the Dodgers find a good chance to win this one, and especially at home. 
force a game five. But I can't go against the Giants. Everyone goes against the Giants. They've done it all year long. I know the Dodgers are the more talented lineup, maybe the more talented team overall. But the Giants, I, I can't go against them. I think this is a year for them to really continue to prove everyone wrong. It starts with that veteran presence they have. Pretty solid starting pitching as well. Logan Webb at the top of that rotation has been dominant. He was dominant in game one. So overall, I'm I'm still kind of confident. I'm confident in the Giants. I, I still am. And uh, I don't know if they'll win this one tonight, but I think they have a good chance of, of winning in five. Yeah, the most interesting thing about this game four for me is who the Dodgers are going to throw out as their starting pitcher. And this is where the injury to Kershaw is such a devastating blow because, I mean, if – Kershaw was available he'd easily just slide in here in game four and you have an easy starter and we obviously know how deep the what the, the Dodgers rotation is with you know Urias and Scherzer and Bueller and Kershaw but now with Kershaw out you're in an elimination game and you, you still don't know who you're going to start Dave Roberts said after the loss last night that everything is on the table so that could either mean starting a guy from the bullpen or even starting Walker Bueller on short rest so I'm really interested to see the direction the Dodgers go in for this game four. I think Walker Bueller is a likely option. We'll see where they go. But, yeah, I mean, the in terms of who's coming away with this series, I want to say this, game, this series is destined to go five. But I think the Dodgers are in a really tough position today, and they really have an uphill battle. So as much as this is destined to go five, I really think the Giants could just take care of business today. And – you know, the Giants, they were probably my favorite to win the World Series at the start of the postseason. You know, winning 107 games certainly earns you that moniker, but I haven't really seen anything in the series to really change that. So I'm going to stick with the Giants. I think they're going to win this series, and I still think they're going to get to the World Series. That's my opinion. I think the Giants are going to uh, – I'm going to say the Dodgers win today because just how 106 versus 107, it's got to go five games. I just feel like in my heart, it's got to go five. But I think the Dodgers will take it in five, and then they'll see whoever, whether it's Milwaukee or Atlanta in the NLCS, and set up a pretty intriguing matchup there. Yeah, I definitely think this series has been – it's been an amazing series to watch. You know, just as a baseball fan, you know, the, the Dodgers, Giants, two great teams, probably the two best teams in the MLB. I think everyone can agree that now with the Rays out, the two best teams left. I think everyone can at least say that. And For sure, yeah. the pitching's been great. It's done the job. The hitting's been really exhilarating at times with Longoria Homer the other night, the Brian Homer earlier in the series. You know, there's been so many great moments in this in this series just so far. And I think it's been really Giants run. I mean, think about the Logan Webb game. He looks phenomenal. And the Giants get to save him on regular rest for game five in San Francisco if they need it. He's been amazing home for them. I think that's one of the big advantages San Francisco has. And they get to start Discofani tonight. He's been really good for them. 13-7 and seven in the regular season with 3.17. In two complete games and two shutouts. I think that's exactly what they want. They can get length out of him if they need it and they don't need to tax their bullpen. I think LA is in a totally different position. Even if they bring back Bueller on short rest, they're going to have to turn to their bullpen earlier than they want because he's on short rest, and that might get things out of hand for Los Angeles. I'm always a proponent of pitchers going long into games in postseason. I throw out the three times around the order. I don't look at that, and I judge it based on how good the pitcher is. And we saw that with Logan Webb in game one. We've seen that with Max Scherzer. He was great the last night. 
I think that's the biggest thing for the Giants. They can do that with Desmond and they get full rest for their guy, Logan Webb. So in my opinion, I think the Giants are winning the series, whether it's tonight or if it's in San Francisco. I think there might be even the better team, even though the Dodgers have maybe a more talented roster. Like you mentioned, Sam, I think the Giants kind of have that raise where, you know, they find ways to win. They play right baseball. And I think they're going to do that in this series. But it's going to be really exciting to watch. I know we're all going to be watching it. The NLCS still very much up in the air. Four teams still shooting for two spots. On the other hand, the ALCS, the Red Sox, already in the, already decided to be in that series, still waiting on their challenger, either the Astros or the White Sox. But we'll have that all discussion on the next Nosebleeds. But until then, a lot of baseball. Next episode will feature a lot of uh, ALCS and NLCS talk. But until then, from Sam Davis and Brian Rabax, I'm Michael Calamari. Have a great day. Nosebleeds is a production of WFUV Sports. Mm-hmm.